This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. Um, and of course, my brother is here. My wife is here. Thank you so much that we could make it. Um, thank you, Matt, for, for the great work you're doing. Thank you because that's something that really resonates with us. The children are going to replace us. Even if we don't want to die, we are going to die. Uh, somebody said nobody lives this earth alive. <laughs> no one. No one has succeeded. You know, so um, it's, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. I know you expect me to sing this morning. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I, I'm, we're going to do the offering later, so we'll do a couple of songs to dance. Is that okay? Okay, fine. So let me suck you guys for a bit. Um, I'll, I'll do a song by soundtrack, which really ties into the message I want to share this morning. So I don't know if you guys are ready. Okay. So you guys, please let me put your hands together for the... <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm good to go. song called Heart Cry and I'll, I'll tell us a story about this song in a bit as I get into the message this morning Oh 
time in my life, I always told everyone that cared to know that um, I wasn't called to be a pastor. Um, so accidentally, I started pastoring like eight years ago. And you see, one thing that people think about pastors is that they are superhumans. They don't have any problems, yeah? But this is one way how I delivered myself out of people that I pastored for eight years. I told them, you have problems, I have problems. If, I, if you know the problems I have, you will not even have faith to come and meet me to pray for you. So that's how I delivered myself. Um, so this song came out of one day I was, I was really thirsty. And when I say thirst, it wasn't uh, physical thirst. I was just, you know, I was just hungry. I was just um, seriously depleted. And I was driving um, on the streets of Lagos. And um, incidentally, that day I was the only one in the car. And when I'm in the car alone, I like to just ramp up the volume of the music. And then you know, these words just came to my heart that you and I know that I'm thirsty, Lord. And you and I know that it's only you that can fill me. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's the truth. And that's the message I bring today. Um, I've titled this message, Refresh. And I want to share a scripture, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. A story that you know so well. It's about how Peter how Jesus, how, how Peter had an encounter with Jesus and he caught so many fish. Um, you know that story. So it says one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, 
the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and lay down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will lay down the nets. And we know what happened after that. Now, here's something that I see from that scripture. The reason why Peter and his friends didn't catch any fish all night was it because they didn't have any experience. They had experience. They were good fishermen. But that night, it just so happened that they didn't catch anything. And you know, that's something that happens to us sometimes. Some things, all of a sudden, you're good at this thing, but things just don't work out. Do I have a witness? We have everything figured out, and yet the figures don't add up. And so Peter, obviously, must have been extremely frustrated. And let me tell you one of the vital lessons I, I learned from this. And I re I'd read this scripture many times, but once I saw something out of this I'd never seen before. And it was that even in the midst of that frustration, Jesus was still making a demand. Hello? In the midst of that frustration, Jesus was making a demand. Let me paint this scenario to you. You have a shop south side of Chicago and hey, um, open the shop 9 o'clock and closing hours. Maybe the whole mall closes at 6, but you want to close at 5. And nobody has come to the store between 9 and 5. You made up a mind you're going to close at 5. And you, and you say, let me push it by another 30 minutes. Perhaps somebody will walk through. Somebody did walk through, but it was somebody who was making a demand to stand in front of your shop to preach a message. What is going to go through your mind? I have two responses here. You haven't sold all day, and this upstart comes from nowhere, and it says, could I just make use of your shop? Like in Peter's, could let me make use of your boat. How would you respond to him? I have two responses here. One, I would either look him over, eye him, and just walk away. Number two, or if I'm generous enough, and you know, a lot of us from Africa really know how to eye, especially the women. By the time you go like this. No, no, you, your head doesn't even go like that. It's your eyes that go like that. Yeah? Or you could be generous enough to hand him, like Peter did, hand him the boat, but most of us would have walked away and said to our friends that, you know, when that guy finishes, just let me talk the boat in, all right? And just walk away. Because you were frustrated. Now, that is the point where a lot of us would have missed it. Because that was where the process for the miracle started. Why? You see, Peter didn't walk away. He actually stayed to listen to what Jesus had to say to those guys. And you can tell that he stayed because when Jesus told him, after he had finished preaching and said to him, you know, put out a deep, uh, put out a bead into the deep and launch your nets, cast your nets down there. You know what he said? He said, look, we've done this all night. But, you know, he called him one name. He said, master. He called him master because obviously by just staying there and listening to what he had to say, he knew there was something different about this person. So he had his objections. And you see, that's what prayer is about. When we pray to God, you see, sometimes I'm always amazed at the way people pray. You know, 
Oh, come to God, oh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah. You know, we even call him some names that even we ourselves don't even understand what we're saying. Oh, Rose of Sharon, you haven't seen the rose before, you haven't been to Sharon before, just keep calling. You know, you are only, you are only repeating what you've heard some people say. You are using some other people's templates in prayer. Do, do you get what I'm saying? You know, in Christianity, we love templates. What has worked for somebody else, then we want to use it. But see, God is bigger than templates. God made 7 billion people, the people who are living right now, in 7 billion different ways. Not counting those who are, who are dead and those who are yet to be born. That's how great God is. So it, 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 is, it is crazy. It is an insult trying to limit God to ask God to do something for us the way he did it for somebody else. Trust me. Praise God. So he called him, he called him master. He says to Jesus that, look, against my better judgment, against the run of play of my fishing experience, I will obey your word. I will let down the net. Let me tell you something that I realized in my life. This is my attitude. I, I don't always pass all the time. I'm not always successful all the time. But I have this, there's this attitude in my head. There is always a way. There's always a way. And look at what happened to Peter there. The fish that he caught was in the same zone where they had fished all night. True? It was, it was the same zone. What was the difference? It was God's instruction. It was God's instruction that made the difference. Let me tell you something that if you don't get anything from what I'm saying today, get this. Many times when we pray to God, we think that is our prayer points that are the most important thing. There's a senior friend of mine that said something. His name is Sam Putu. He's a missionary. He said, Look, God is the one that sets the agenda for prayer, not you. It is God that sets the agenda for prayer. You see, when God speaks to you, there is a way in that word that He has said to you. Which means that when you pray, the most important thing in prayer is not what you have to say, it is what He has to say. Do you get what I'm saying? I said, when you go in prayer, it is not the prayer points that you have mustered that is the most important thing. It is what he has to say. Praise God. You know, it's, it's, it's like me going and having a meeting with the richest man in the United States, whether it's Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Hello, when you stand before those kind of people, you better listen. Hello. Because if you were really good, I will, I will complete the statement. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. What is God saying now? There's another senior friend of mine, Pastor Samadhi, I mean, a lot of you know him. He said something that really rocked my world a couple of years ago. He said, a lot of people know what God has said, but what is God saying now? A lot of us can remember what God has said, but the question is, what is God saying now? What is God saying to you now? And, and let, me, let me just share an example. I remember like 12 years ago, and my wife knows this, my, bro my brother knows this, I, God asked me to start a series of concerts called Worship for Change, which basically um, the intent was to have the, the benefit concerts 
And, you know, to be used to raise funds and awareness for orphans and children with special needs. And so the first two concerts, it was in 2006 we started. And the first two concerts, so the, I mean, the model I knew was, okay, do the concerts, charge a gate fee, and then people come, uh, make a profit on the gate fee, and then turn over that profit to all the charities. And that's what we did. First two concerts, first one was for a charity called Down Syndrome Foundation. I don't quite remember. Then the other one was Hearts of Gold. You know, the, it, was, it was a hospice. And first concert, now in narrow terms, I, I don't recall how to convert that to dollars right now. Now, it was, I think first concert we raised about 650,000 naira. Second concert was like 750,000 naira. So both concerts merged together, that's like a million naira, okay? So that's like what in dollar terms, maybe like what? $3,000 or so, okay? Thereabout, like 3,000, okay, good. Now, after those two concerts, I get a nudge, I, I just feel a nudge in me saying, you know, the next concert, don't charge a fee, do it for free. Okay, do it for free. Get people to sponsor the concert. Do it for free. And then during the concert, tell people to give pledges. Now, that sounded crazy because how do I, I mean, the concert itself has a huge cost expense. But hey, fine. So I went ahead, got people to sponsor the concert. And then I said, okay, look, people came to the concert free of charge. Okay, make a pledge. Guess what? That third concert, we raised over three billion naira. Eclipsed everything. The one we had in 2016, we raised almost 8 billion naira. Now, God says to be again, okay, change that. So have a, do a concert, do a live recording, bring your friends together. So last year we had a concert at Fountain of Life Church, Nathaniel Barsi, Gloria, we had 11 people, and our goal is to raise 150 million naira. Hello? You see, it is the same idea, do you understand? But you see, you need to walk in the light of that idea for more light to be made available to you. Do, you. do you get what I'm saying? Do you get it? You see, the word of God can refresh your life. How many of you know that song by Nathaniel? It says, the words you speak, it turns things around. Praise the name of the Lord. It turns things, you see, I, I love what Pastor Wally said about man, that look, they have never lacked volunteers. See, if, if it's God that has told you to do something, there is a way in that word. And since it is a way you are looking for, then your best option is to hear his word. Hello? So, in closing, these guys had a breakthrough. Had a, a massive breakthrough. They caught so many fish that they had never caught in their lives. Their boat began to sink. They beckoned unto their other friends, and their boat began to sink. Verse 6, it says, When they had done so, they caught so, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And when Simon Peter, I wanted to hear this. It says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they are taking. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So one of the tragedies about people coming, first of all, let me say something to you. You don't need to be a Christian to be rich. Trust me. The richest people in America, at least by Forbes standards, they don't go to church. 
right? Bill Gates considers going to church on a Sunday morning a waste of his time. And all I need, I don't even need his tithe, I just need the tithe of his tithe. I'll be fine. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I'll be fine. All I need to just, I'll just take that and buy treasury bills and I'll be going on a cruise for all of my life. Praise God. So you don't need to be a Christian to be rich. Trust me. Because a lot of people have missed this thing. They get, you know, they, 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 a lot of the things that you think is a breakthrough is not really a breakthrough. It's just a break. Because when you get a real breakthrough that God orchestrates, your reaction will be what Simon did here. He fell down at Jesus' knees. He said, get away from me. I am a sinner. When God grants you a breakthrough, you will know that my hand has nothing to do with this. I don't deserve this. God, you are the only one who did this. You know that sometimes, you know, God does a little thing for us and then, you know, we put our hands in the pocket like, yeah, about time. I got this, yeah, I got this. About time, you know. And then we go buy a car, changing number plate, Rehoboth 1. Praise God. I'm telling you, when God does something for you, you will be afraid of him. You will stand in awe of him. Praise the name of the Lord. That breakthrough will make you afraid of him. He will humble you. You fall down on your knees and you'd, you'll be in tears. So, you got to ask yourself, what do you want? Is it a break you want or a breakthrough? <laughs> because a lot of us are just, we're just swimming in the oceans of, uh, ocean of breaks. Not a breakthrough. And guess what? Peter left the fish. Now that's crazy. He left it. And, and, and you see, that's what worship is all about. Worship is not all this stuff, all these songs that we sing. Listen, it is doing, I mean, it's a song that I, uh, that, um, I forgot his name now, he wrote. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. One day God said, shut up. Can you just keep quiet? Stop singing. Because you're not doing what the song is saying. Lord, I give you my heart. Okay, fine. I give you my soul. That's where the lie starts. So I live for you alone. Judge yourself. I live for you alone. Then you now say, every breath that I take. This is, this is, what time is it now? What time is it? 10, 10 what? 10, 15. Between the time you woke up and now, every breath you, you take in, inclusive of the ones you've taken inside this church, has it been for God? Then you say, every moment I'm awake, inclusive of the road rage, The moment you feel like killing your wife or beating her. Every, and so God had to show me, he says, look, the reason why that guy, Reuben Morgan, could write that song lies in the first line of the song and the last line. First line says, this is my desire. Last line says, Lord, have your way in me. Unless those two things happen, everything you say in that song is a lie. It doesn't matter how you feel when you're singing it. You can be having goosebumps. You see, there's 
If you if you listen, listen, if you listen to Michael Jackson's Tell them yes, it's human nature, you will feel goose pimples. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a worship song. There's some chords that they play that your body will go. Oh. Alright? So understand that. Music is this keyboard is not a Christian keyboard. It wasn't made in redemption camp. You know, because you over spiritualize a lot of things. The chair you're sitting on was probably made in China. It wasn't. Do you understand? It wasn't made in camp. Sorry. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. This one, are you, do you feel frustrated? Can I have a keyboard pen? Do you feel frustrated? Because that's exactly how Peter must have felt. They were frustrated in a zone where they had experience. They were frustrated with something they knew they could figure it out. But it just didn't work that day. God wants to refresh you today. Sometimes God, God brings us to the end of ourselves to reveal himself to us, to capture. I mean, I believe when I look, when in retrospect, it looks like it is actually Jesus that orchestrated those fishes to go away. You see, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one who sees the end from the beginning. I wanted to talk to God this morning as you bow your heads this morning. I wanted to just say to God, here am I. Speak to me. Refresh me. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. Speak to me. Speak to me. Lord, speak to me. I'm your servant. And that's exactly what Samuel said. That's what Eli told him. Out of experience, Eli told Samuel, just tell him. Tell him. I'm your servant. I'm listening. I'm listening. Somebody said, listening is wanting to hear. I'm listening. Call away the distractions. Lord, I'm listening. Because your word is a spring of life. In your word is way. Your word is truth and it will lead to life. So Lord, speak to me this morning. Speak to me this morning. Speak to me. And not just this morning, as I, as I drive home, speak to me. When I'm in the restroom, speak to me. Your word is life. Oh, the disciples came one day and were talking to Jesus. Jesus said, do you also want to leave? They said, we're not going anywhere. You're the one with the words of life. You're the one with the words of life. You're the one with the words of life. This morning, I like to, as all heads about. The altar call, the call I'm going to make this morning is, is different. Are you here this morning? You feel extremely frustrated. Frustrated. Just raise your hand where you are and I just want to pray with you. You're frustrated. You're just frustrated. You're, you don't, you're just frustrated. Just raise your hand. I'd like to pray with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling you out. Just, just raise your hand where you are. Thank you. Thank you. You can't seem to find a way out. Lord, I, I just pray for these ones who are here today.
Jesus, you are the truth, the way, and the life. Lord, I pray for them that God, you would speak to them. You would encourage them. You will refresh them. Acts 3.19 says that we should repent and that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Lord, I pray for these ones. And for those of you who are lifting up your hands, I want you to make a conscious decision and, and say to God, I want to please you. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. And Lord, as I play my part, I trust you for times of refreshing. Times of refreshing that come only from the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much. So this morning, it's time to give a, a, a tithe and, and an offering. And I know you know many We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamrock Community Church, 927 N. Plumgrove Road, Shamrock, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamrock.org. Jesus is Lord.